What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host, Drew, and thank you for making me part of your week. In this upcoming episode, I did a little bit longer of an episode as I am celebrating my 100th episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm going to talk about all things Buffalo Sabres in this one. Talk about Don Granado hired by the Buffalo Sabres. We're going to talk about Jack Eichel and the comments he made about potentially playing with the Boston Bruins. And we're also going to talk about the NHL expansion draft. All that in this episode, so stick around and let's have some fun. Welcome to the 100th episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. I decided to do something a little different for this episode. I did try to get a couple of different interviews. They all kind of fell through. However, I thought it would be fun to do my first ever live show for the 100th episode. So if you're here, thank you for watching. Remember, you guys can uh, leave any comments you want in the comments section. I'll throw them up here on the screen. Let's jump right into this. We're going to talk some Buffalo Sabres, as right now there's just not a whole lot going on with the Buffalo Bills. The UB Bulls, the men's basketball team and football team, they're a little ways out also. But we do have quite a bit of of Buffalo Sabres news, so we're going to jump right into it, of course. And we're going to talk about the Buffalo Sabres hiring Don Granado as their head coach. Now, this was a move that many people believed would happen. Uh, for the Buffalo Sabres. However, they did go through quite an extensive coaching search to to name their head coach. And as I said, they finally named Don Granado their head coach. And this is his first going to be his first full season as a, an NHL head coach. He has a litany of experience, uh, of experience at all coaching levels as a head coach. Um, But we did get to see a glimpse of what Don Granado does bring to the Buffalo Sabres. Here we go. Hey there. Hey, Mark. Thanks for joining me, bub. (laughs) I appreciate the comment, my guy. Uh, He does bring a ton of experience to the Buffalo Sabres. And, uh, you know, like I said, we did get a chance to see how he performed as a bench boss for the Buffalo Sabres as things kind of progressed in the season. They fired uh, uh, Kruger and they promoted Don Granado. And I got to tell you, I was pretty impressed for the most part with how Granado was able to rally the troops really for the Buffalo Sabres. Now, I know that it is, uh, you know, he doesn't, he didn't have a very flattering record. If you just look at his record, if you are new to the Buffalo Sabres, you just look at his record. He does only have a record of 9-16-3. However, I think it's unfair to kind of judge him early on in this process as he didn't really have much practice time. Most of the, the time that he was, uh, you know, behind the bench in the first week or two, he didn't really have a lot of, of practice time to really implement his system. So that 9-16-3 is, is quite misleading. So I think you throw out maybe the first five games or so of this, you know, of that of the season, and then you're kind of left with a more manageable 9-11-3. But let's go a step further with this, and that is looking at what he really had to work with as the Sabres head coach. Now, he was 9-11-3, which, again, it's not the greatest record. It still kind of sucks, and it's still not going to get you into the playoffs. However... When you look at how many guys were injured and what he was really working with, it is a very imp- and the way that they looked early in the season, it is a very very impressive record. 
They didn't have Jack Eichel, of course. Jack Eichel was hurt most of the season with a neck injury. They didn't have a top 4D man in Jake McCabe. Again, Jake McCabe was hurt most of the season. They didn't have their neither of their top two goaltenders in Linus Olmark and Carter Hutton. Both guys go down. Carter or uh, Linus Olmark was having a very, very good season, but he goes down, so he's out. Carter Hutton is out. They're down to their fourth and fifth string goalies. And the fact that you realize how incredible the record is when, you, when you're talking about winning games with Dustin Tokarski and uh, Michael Hauser. Neither guys have won games. At Tokarski's last game, he won in the NHLs in 2015. And Michael Hauser, the last uh, game he played that wasn't in the ECHL, was in 2015. The fact that they're winning games. They won four games combined with those two goaltenders. The fact that they were able to get as much as they did out of those two goaltenders is absolutely incredible. The fact that they were able to do that much with so little is is pretty incredible if you ask me. Don Granado really did seem to get through to the younger players. He was uh, preaching a message that they wanted to listen to. And I don't mind the hire. Myself, along with most Buffalo fans at this point, probably do not mind the hire of Don Granado simply because, uh, you know, we got to we got to experience what his style of play was, and it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch, even with guys that, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, guys like Casey Middlestad, guys like Tage Thompson, we looked at these guys as almost like, oh, these guys are bust. They're not, you know, they're not going to do anything. Casey Middlestad had a great season. Tage Thompson started to look a whole hell of a lot better. You bring up Rasmus Asplund. These the young guys got an opportunity to really shine and show what they were about with the Buffalo Sabres under Granado, and I absolutely loved it. He essentially revitalized Rasmus Dahlin. A lot of people uh, on Twitter had seemingly given up on Rasmus Dahlin, and I just thought that that was a huge mistake. But he seemed to just let the players be who they are. He, he seemed to uh, implement a system that if you make a mistake, it is what it is. You're not going to get penalized for it. That's how you grow. That's how you learn. We want you to play fast. We want you to play north-south. We, uh, we want you to play creatively. That is a huge thing also. They wanted him to play or wanted his team to play creatively. And that is a, a big deal for the type of guys that you got. The Sabres don't really have a bunch of guys that are going to lock it down defensively. On this team, they have a, they had a very young team, a team that had quite a bit of skill, and Granado really let these guys be who they were, let them kind of showcase their skill, so to speak, and it was absolutely fantastic to watch. It was fun to watch, and I think the Sabres' improvement was absolutely incredible. The fact that the Sabres were able to you know, post a 9-11-3 record with what they had was as you know, pretty impressive. And the fact that they really didn't, I think they had like six practices or something like that all season long under Granado as the head coach. So he didn't really have a whole, a whole hell of a lot of time to implement a system for the Buffalo Sabres, which makes, again, it, it makes the argument even more impressive for Granado. And I did a show about this earlier. I did, uh, if you, I think it was episode 90 of Sports Talk Buffalo when he got hired as the head coach or as the interim head coach for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, you can go back and watch that. It's on the YouTube channel also. Uh, however, 
the uh, the the Buffalo Sabers they they hired Granado and Granado brings with them a ton a ton of experience, you know, up into the NHL. So Granado brings experience as a head coach at multiple different levels, including the UC, uh, USHL from '93 to '97, where he led a team to the finals. The ECHL from 97 to 2000, where he won the Kelly Cup, which is the championship in the AHL. And then he was promoted to the AH, or uh, promoted to, uh, from the AHL. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Kelly Cup is the uh, championship in the ECHL. He was promoted to the AHL, where he won most outstanding coach in, uh, in 2000, 2001. And after five seasons, he was promoted again to the, NA, to the NHL, as an assistant in St. Louis. Now, he was, I think he was out of the NHL for a little while. He was cut loose after a whole coaching change in St. Louis. And from 13 to 16, he was the head coach of the U.S. National Development Program. And Granado also coached under Joel Quinville in the Chicago, in the Chicago, with the Chicago Blackhawks before being hired by Ralph Kruger. So he has a ton of experience. It's not like we're hiring a guy with just absolutely no experience. Uh, you know, maybe only a college. He's only had college level experience. He has had head coaching success at every single level in hockey. And we've seen that he has been able to garner some success at the NHL level as a head coach. And with the Sabres going the way that they're going right now, it really seems like they're going to continue um, or going to continue this rebuild that's taking forever. They're going to uh, move on from their, their star players like Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart. Potentially, we're going to talk a little bit more about Jack Eichel in a few minutes here. But, you know, and you want a coach that really speaks to the younger players. And Don Granado seems like he's the type of coach that really gets through to young players and gets the most out of all of his young players. Again, you look at guys like uh, uh, Rasmus Dahlin, who, um, I got another comment here. Mark, what are your expectations for Donnie Meatballs now that the interim tag has been removed and given the reins to the team going forward? Uh, Thank you for the comment, bud. Uh, I actually have fairly high expectations for him. Now, maybe not right away. I think we're going to have to have a little bit of patience for him because we don't really know what the roster is going to look like moving forward. We have the expansion draft. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. We have the fact that Eichel is potentially going to be traded. Sam Reinhart's potentially going to be traded. So the team could look almost completely brand new heading into the season. We still don't have a starting goaltender. We don't have any goaltenders, really. The only uh, goaltender we have is uh, Dustin Tokarski, and he's he has to be um, unprotected in the NHL uh, expansion draft. Not that they're going to take him, but um, I honestly, I think you give them a year, see where they're at, and the Buffalo Sabres could potentially... Um, depending on how these guys develop and, and how, uh, you know, maybe what they get back from the trades, it's going to... Hmm, it's going to come down to how these guys develop under Don Granado. And for all intents and purposes, from what we've seen so far this season, Don Granado has done a fantastic job as a guy who can develop his, his, young, <clears throat> his young talent and 
I really do believe in Don Granado. I think that the Sabres may have finally gotten this one right. Again, they went through a very extensive coaching search, or at least it seemed like they went through a very extensive coaching search. So I just think that it's going to uh, play well for the Sabres down the road. They didn't just hand the keys to Granado. They did their due diligence, which is exactly what I wanted them to do. I wanted them to make sure that they... Went through all avenues. They did, they interviewed college coaches, uh, former NHL coaches, assistant coaches. They interviewed a ton of different people, and they they landed on Don Granado. And I think that the act, the players might have actually had something to do with it. I think that the players coming through and 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 giving him a vote of confidence. They all like playing under him. They all want to be here under him, and they all they all want to seemingly run through a brick wall for him. And that's something that um, we hadn't really seen. We hadn't really seen, in my opinion, from any other head coaches for the Buffalo Sabres. It didn't seem like a lot of these guys wanted to run through the brick wall, wanted to lay down in front of slap shots, you know, wanted to play out of character, which is maybe throwing a body check when you're not a guy who throws a body check or what have you. Now, I, on my notes here, I said something to note is that the Sabres seemingly went through a long coaching search, which I just talked about with many different candidates. But in the end, I really believe that they have a good coach in Granado and the right coach. And I say mixed with his attacking style and the types of players that they had, which I mentioned earlier, they have a a lot more offensively minded players, more so than two-way players. And the fact that he has he seemingly has the ability to get the most out of his players and he's good at developing young talent, as again, we've seen with the younger guys in Darlene, we've seen with Middlestat, we've seen with Asplin, we've seen with Thompson. I really do believe that if they are going to go into another rebuild, that he is the perfect, the perfect guy to lead the Sabres. And that is going to bring me into my next topic here, and that is going to be the comments made by Jack Eichel. Now, the comments made by by Jack Eichel here, I'm going to show you because they um, they seem to to kind of set Twitter on fire a little bit here. For um, let's see if I can get this here. Sorry, little technical difficulties going in here. Back on. Here we go. Anyway, I got to share screen. Go to this guy. Here we go. Now, um, I don't know where my, <laughs> I don't know where I am on the screen here. Nope, uh, nope. No. All right, whatever. Anyway, you can see here on the screen, if I can bring it up. Bear with me, people. Bear with me here. We're having some, we're having some technical difficulties here. Here we go. Alrighty. Well, I guess we're not going to screen share. I don't know what the heck's going on here. Um, <laughs> I have no idea why I'm not on the screen right now. Uh, we're going to remove this screen share. Oh, that's why. There we go. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. Anyway, 
uh, Jack Eichel made some comments about um, potentially wanting to um, be in the NHL here. And um, his comments were something along the lines of, you know, he likes, he would not mind being in the, you know, playing for his hometown team. And in my opinion, it's not really anything to get upset about. Who wouldn't want to play for their hometown team? Who wouldn't? In all honesty, as a kid growing up, who wouldn't want to be playing for the hometown Buffalo Sabres? There we go. Hopefully it's a little bit better now. Anyway, um, who wouldn't want to play for their hometown team? In all honesty, Twitter kind of blew up. Oh, get this bum out of here. This kid's terrible. He's dog shit. Uh, You know, he doesn't love Buffalo and whatever else they're saying. And it's like, honestly, when you're growing up, if you had the opportunity, no matter how dog shit your team was, in this case, Eichel's hometown team happened to be pretty good. If your hometown team would want to have you put their jersey on, why would you not? Why would you not? Who wouldn't want to be on their hometown team growing up? I know I would. I would, no matter how dog shit the organization is, I would love to be, if I was a hockey player, I'd love to be a Buffalo Sabre. And if I was a football player, I'd love to be a Buffalo Bill. That's just, as a kid growing up, you picture putting on the jersey of the team that you've watched night in and night out and some of your favorite players ever put the jersey on. Why would you not want to, you know, why would you not want to put that on? So again, I really don't understand the, um, you know, I don't understand the whole, you know, get him out of here. He doesn't love Buffalo type stuff. I just, I don't, I don't get it. It, it just never really, um, it never really registered for me. Like it, it, it does, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. And I had a whole thing here. Man, I screwed it all up. Anyway, um. Speaking of Jack Eichel also, this is kind of wishy-washy and all over the place. Speaking of Jack Eichel also, um, I had a little screen share here also. I don't know where it went. I got rid of it. I must have. Anyway, uh, we're talking about Jack Eichel and the potentially the, him potentially being traded, and I don't really know if that's going to happen, in all honesty. I don't know if, uh, if Ike's is going to be... I think the price might be too high. And that's what some of the executives are saying around the NHL. Um, here we go. Hold on. We got a bunch of comments here. Same same guy keeps chiming in here. Uh, do, 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 do. Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. Yep, Houston, we did have a problem. I uh, I shut my I shut my uh, camera off on accident here. You're gonna have to excuse my lack of. Um, technological knowledge in this. Um, this is my first time ever live streaming, so hopefully when you guys re-watch it or watch it later that um, you're not uh, super disappointed with it. I, I really like this tool. I hope to use it a little bit more in the future. So hopefully uh, hopefully I get the hang of this thing here. Uh, I hope to do this after some games when I'm not working. I hope to do this, you know, maybe after Bills games, after Sabres games, after UB games, the whole nine yards. So uh, remember to like and subscribe as you see on the bottom there. Like and subscribe. And uh, <laughs> and this way you can hit, hit me up and, and, you know, follow all the live streams that I'm going to do here. I believe the issues lie in the fact 
He said, whether that happens now or later in my career, if it ever happens, it would be pretty cool. Eichel also said that if it ever happens in his career, it would be pretty cool. I think that's wherein lies the, the misconception is that whether it happens now or later, uh, people didn't seem to read the entire comment of Jack Eichel, which was, you know, I, like I said, I had it up there, whether it happens now or later or if it ever happens. So he's alluding to the fact that he may never be able to play for the Boston Bruins. Um, but it would be pretty cool. Again, who wouldn't want to play with their, with their hometown team? Again, anybody who loves sports growing up, who watches their hometown team would absolutely agree that they would love, and that's not even exaggeration, but love to play for their hometown team, wherever that may be, even the Buffalo Sabres. Even though the Sabres are absolute dog shit right now, I think people would love to, you know, people from the Western New York area who grew up watching hockey, loving hockey, would love to be a Buffalo Sabre. Again, I know I would love to be a Buffalo Sabre, but, you know, it is what it is, and uh, Ike's looks like he's on his way out the door, maybe. As I said, it looks like the price might be a little too high, as Kevin Adams might have overjudged the market. Uh, an NHL executive, an unnamed NHL executive, went on and said that he the asking price for Eichel is absolutely absurd. They want something like uh, a a young player, twenty four or twenty five or under forward, a, a young defenseman, twenty four or under with you know, and all these guys have to have term on their contract. They want a first round pick and and a cup and a prospect or two prospects or what what have you. And I don't really blame Kevin Adams when you get rid of a guy who has the ability like Eichel. You really want to get everything you can for him. You, you know, you shoot for the you shoot for the moon, and if you miss, you wind up in the stars, kind of thing. I think that's how it goes. I'm not sure, but if you, um, like I said, if you if you ask for a ton for Jack Eichel and you don't get all of it. That's fine, but at least you're driving up your own price for Ikes. And uh, I really think that the Sabres have to do that. It's going to set them up for a a better road, you know, a better rebuild than they might have had if they just kind of go with, you know, maybe best offer out there. You know, they do have the leverage. People keep saying that they don't have the leverage in this, and I really don't understand where that comes from. I know that Eichel has a no-trade clause after this season. However... You know, you have to be willing to play hardball. And I think that if Jack Eichel really wants to get traded, and I made this point before, if Jack Eichel really, really wants to get traded, then he is going to waive his no-trade clause in order for you to make the trade. If Eichel really wants out of Buffalo that bad, as bad as everyone is making it out to be, then he will waive his no-trade clause, and he will not mind being traded, no matter where it is. Okay, there's not many teams that are going to have the prospects and players that are going to be and the picks that are going to be able to uh, give up for Jack Eichel. They're just not going to have that many pieces for the the you know for the Sabers to start to rebuild again. In terms of Sam Reinhart, not sure. I don't know what the market is for a Sam Reinhart. He was on pace for about 38 goals last last year. Again, you have to, you have to, you have to get good return on both of those trades in order for you to continue building and moving forward. You have to try to get a number one center. And here's another thing. 
Everyone always says that Dylan Cousins is the number one center. He's the number one center. He's the number one center. And I don't see it right now. And, of course, it was just his rookie season. He only played 41 games. But in his 41 games played, and I did uh, an episode on this before also. This was one of my hot takes on a different episode. I honestly think that if Reinhardt and Eichel leave, your number one center, if you don't get anybody else, is Casey Middlestad. And I've said that before. Casey Middlestad, he... Arguably, he not arguably he beat Dylan Cousins in every single metric along in just about every single metric, every single stat along the way. He had a better faceoff percentage. He had more power play points. He had more uh, game winning goals. He had more shorthanded points. He had more points. He had more goals. He had more assists. <laughs> like he he was just a better overall player. And then you're gonna say, of course, you know, well, Middlestat has a ton more NHL experience. Of course he does. However. If you look at Middlestat versus Dylan Cousins in their rookie seasons, they're both relatively the same. And I think that Middlestat even outperformed Dylan Cousins in the short time that he, uh, you know, that they played in their rookie seasons. You know, I think at this point, I do see the potential for a Dylan Cousins to step in. I do think that he could be a very good 2C. And I realistically think that Casey Middlestat is only a 2C. However, the Sabres might have to win by committee. And I don't know. It's just, it, it's going to be a long road for the Buffalo Sabres. Hopefully Don Granado can make this team watchable. Hopefully they can get a good return for Jack Eichel. If in fact they do end up trading Jack Eichel, as I stated, they have a, a very, um, it's very uncertain right now. I kind of think that Jack Eichel might end up being a Buffalo Sabre to start the season. Unless something comes up comes up and absolutely wows the Buffalo Sabres. I don't know if they trade him. I don't know if I just I don't I don't think they trade him right now. Um maybe in the draft they draft some you know they get an offer in during the draft that's gonna be a big time to look forward to. But I would realistically have probably liked him to get traded before the uh you know before the NHL expansion draft because you're going to have to protect him. Most likely, I'm not most likely, you're going to have to protect him. You're not going to give Jack, Jack Eichel away for nothing, especially after all of this. And uh, it's just something else to consider also is it's being reported around the NHL that most other teams wouldn't want Jack Eichel to get the neck surgery that he's getting that is supposedly causing the problems with him and the management in Buffalo. So is it? a ploy by Jack Eichel to try to get out of Buffalo. And if it's a ploy for Jack Eichel to get out of Buffalo using that, then the fact that other teams wouldn't want him to get surgery either that could play a major part in him getting traded potentially or not getting traded. So that's something to kind of look out for also. I think that the uh, the Sabres need to take that into consideration is the fact that no other teams really want him to get the surgery either. So that's a, that's a major bargaining chip for the Buffalo Sabres uh, with Jack Eichel himself. Again, you have to be able to play hardball with Eichel. You have to. I think you have to. You can't give Jack Eichel away for nothing, and you have five years left on his contract. That's it. He's got five years left on his contract. If it comes down to sitting him, you're going to have to sit him. I doubt very much that Eichel is going to want to sit for the last four years of his career because he doesn't like it in Buffalo. We have him under contract. We have the leverage. 
We cannot let Jack Eichel determine where he goes. We cannot let Jack Eichel determine what what we get for him, and that is that. That's really what it comes down to. Now, he's my favorite player, okay? And I say this with, um, again, I'm in the don't trade Jack Eichel camp. Do whatever you can to fix it, Jack Eichel camp, because I think that he would be a very good player under Granado. He's he's been a good player under everyone, but I think he'll be an even better player under Granado, and I think that the Sabres, with a number one center and a couple of really good second-tier centers in Cousins and Middlestat have uh, an opportunity to do something sort of special, well, special in terms of <laughs> how good Buffalo has been the last few years, but I really do. And if they get a halfway competent goaltender, it's, man, the sky's the limit for the Buffalo Sabres. I really believe that. And like I said, you know, the Sabres have all of the, the Sabres have all of the leverage in this. You can't give Jack Eichel away. You just can't do it. If you do it, you're going to set the organization back even further because you gave up so many uh, assets in order to land Jack Eichel. You were giving up goaltenders that were playing well. You were giving up any guy, any person who looked like they were even halfway competent. You were just trading them away for, for nothing, for peanuts, so that we could get to the bottom, so that we could get Jack Eichel. And now, a few years later, we're sitting here talking about trading him away, and it's just... it's. It's not a fun feeling. It's a very awful feeling. And uh, that's kind of where we're at right now, unfortunately. We're at the, we're at the spot where um, we're at the spot where it's, it's, I don't even know. It's just a really tough spot for, for uh, a rookie GM and, and Kevin Adams to be. And he has to nail this offseason in order for the Buffalo Sabres to compete in the years to come. And that's, that's where we're going to leave that. We're going to jump into the next topic. We're going to talk the NHL expansion draft. And there are a list of rules here that I have to go over real quick in order to kind of let you know who has to get protected and who doesn't need to get protected and, and all that jazz. First off, all the players with no trade clause or modified no trade clauses or what have you, they have to be protected no matter what. So, Akposo has a modified no-trade clause, and if he has a list of teams on there that he's willing to go to, then, you know, it's just not... I think they have to protect him. I, if that's the way the rules work, I think that's what they actually have to end up doing is um, protecting Akposo. Uh Jeff Skinner has a no-movement clause or no-trade clause. They have to protect Skinner. All first- and second-year pros are exempt so all first and second year guys are completely exempt from this. So Dylan Cousins and Jacob Bryson, I do believe, are both exempt from the NHL expansion draft. And teams must meet the minimum requirements for expansion. Here's one of the minimum requirements. At least one D-man, one D-man has to... Oh, here we go. Hold on. Before we, get, before we go further, in your opinion, what's... Felt worse, the Bills drought or the Sabers fall from grace. Whoo, that is a tough one. Um, I think the Sabers fall from grace, and I'm only going to say that because the Buffalo Sabers were back-to-back Eastern Conference Final uh, participants, and they had a team that was very, very deep, and for some reason, they couldn't keep the band together. Um, no matter what it was. Now, the Bills had a very long drought, 
And I think that even... Here's the thing, though. The Bills had some teams that were very, very good. Or that were that were pretty good, you know. The Bills would go 6-10, 7-9, 8-8, 9-7. Eight eight, they were always in that general neighborhood. So they they had some good teams. The Sabres fall from grace has been fucking putrid to say the least. It's been fucking putrid. I don't know how else to describe it because they have not been good at all. I don't think the Sabres have finished higher than 20th since, um, before acquiring Jack Eichel, obviously they finished last I think the last two years before Eichel and then after Eichel, they haven't finished higher than like 20th, something like that. So the Sabres have been fucking terrible. So it's not even like the Sabres have put together some good teams and they just missed out on the playoffs. Yes, I know they just missed out on the COVID playoffs because they were the 25th team and they allowed 24 teams in the playoffs. However, that is, it's just more, the Bills were at least watchable in most of the seasons. I don't think... Unless you're an absolute diehard fan of the Buffalo Sabres, it's just not fucking watchable. They're they were they were very very bad. And of course, I watch the Sabres all the time because I'm just a huge sports nut. I love watching sports no matter what, or I love watching you know Sabres, Bills, Bulls, UB Bulls, no matter what. So it's it's of course uh, I just think it's like I said. I think it is the Buffalo Sabres fall from grace that hit a little bit harder than the Buffalo Bills drought. Now, the Buffalo Bills drought, when it ended, was fucking fantastic. Um, I, I even put, like, a weird video out on Facebook when I had a Facebook. I don't have one anymore. Um, of me running in the snow uh, in my shorts, no shirt on, <laughs> running around the neighborhood where I was, screaming, yelling, ah! Um, I called my friend, who is currently right here on the screen, right there. <laughs> I called my friend, let him know that, um, you know, we, I think we were talking to each other when this happened. It was, it was absolutely fantastic. It was awesome. It was fun to watch. And I still get chills when I watch those videos. However, I still get chills when I watch the videos of the Buffalo Sabres, you know, the, the miracle goal and things like that. Uh, I was outside the arena on that one. So that was fun also, but you know, Again, I think it's a Sabres fall from grace because they fell and they fell far and they fell fucking hard. Um, I think they made the playoffs one, maybe two times after they were in the Eastern Conference Finals back-to-back years. So, you know, I know the Bills weren't in the playoffs for seven, eight, 17 straight seasons, 18 straight seasons, something like that, but... They did at least field some halfway decent teams, and the Sabres just didn't field anything that was worth watching. So, again, in my opinion, that was probably the worst. So let's go back over here, and we're going to talk... Oh, there we go. We're going to talk about the expansion draft. As I stated before, uh, all players no trade clauses and no movement clauses have to be protected. All first- and second-year players are exempt. And here are some of the minimum requirements for the expansion uh, all teams must have at least one D-man under contract in 2021 with 40 games played pr- the prior season or 70 games played the prior two seasons in order to qualify them to be uh, eligible to be given up, I guess. You know, they they have to have at least one of these guys that is not protected, so to speak. And for that Sabres, that one guy could potentially be Colin Miller. The Sabres also have to have two forwards under contract for 2021 
uh, and the same rules apply. They have to have at least 40 games in the NHL the previous season or 70 games combined the previous two seasons. And these guys have to be uh, exposed in the expansion draft. And two of those guys is Zemgis Girgensons and uh, Cody Eakin. Please, God, take one of those two. That would be absolutely fantastic. It would be amazing for the Buffalo Sabres. And I really honestly don't know what... Um, <laughs> I really honestly don't know what um, what the Sabres would have to give up in order for a team like the Seattle Kraken to take Cody Eakin. Realistically, it would probably take like a second round pick for them to take Cody Eakin. Um, you might have to give up a fourth round pick for them to take Zemgis Jurgensen's, or maybe a little higher because Zemgis is coming off of a season-ending injury. Here's one thing that is interesting. The Sabres, they need one goalie under contract for 2021-2022 or something like that, or an RFA goalie who has received his qualifying offer already. The only, the only one that they have under contract for the Buffalo Sabres is Dustin Tokarski. <laughs> that is the only goaltender the Sabres really have under contract that's not a... Um, <laughs> that's not a... Uh, a rookie goalie or not a prospect goalie. I know we had some other goalies play, but the Sabres don't have anybody in net, and that's going to be a huge, huge thing for the Buffalo Sabres in this offseason is to find competent goaltending. Now, I wouldn't be upset if they somehow got Linus Olmark to re-sign for the Buffalo Sabres. I really wouldn't be. Um, he has an injury history, though, which makes me nervous, so you have to get a really good backup also. Uh, but moving forward with the expansion draft... Who who do the Sabres also they they can't have any uh, players with potentially career ending injuries? I don't think the Sabres have anybody who have potential career ending injuries. So the Sabres can either protect eight skaters and one goalie, or seven forwards, three D, and one goalie. Who do they? Which one do they pick? I honestly think that they pick the seven forwards, three D, and one goalie, even though they don't have a goalie to protect right now. Um, and I think that the Sabres go ahead and they protect Eichel, Reinhardt, provided they're not traded, uh, Oposo, Skinner, because they have to, uh, Olofsson, Middlestat, and Anders Bjork. Now, that leaves some interesting guys that are unprotected, and some of the D-men that they, or the three D-men that I picked was Ristolainen, Darlene, and Yoki Haru. Um... I believe that the Sabres can get something for Ristolainen, which is why I didn't leave him unprotected. I really believe that the Sabres should be able to finagle some sort of trade for Rasmus Ristolainen, and losing him for nothing would be a colossal mistake. Uh, So that leaves a couple of guys unprotected. You have Thompson, who's going to be unprotected. You have Asplund, who will be unprotected. You have Will Borgen, the defenseman, who's going to be unprotected. You have Miller, of course, as I stated, Gergensen's Eakin, and Tokarski along with, I'm sure, a few others. But the the most notable guys on there, of course, are going to be Thompson, Asplund, Borgen, Miller, maybe Jurgensen's. What would it take the Buffalo Sabres, in your opinion, if you're watching this live or if you're watching this later, what would it take, in your opinion, for the Buffalo Sabres to not have to give up Thompson, Asplund, or Borgen? Would it take multiple draft picks? Would it take 
Um, I don't, I don't, I just don't know. What would it take for them to take a guy like Cody Eakin, a guy like, you know, uh, Colin Miller? Would it take something substantial? Would it take, like I said, multiple draft picks? I think that the Buffalo Sabres, here's the thing. The last expansion draft didn't really hurt the Buffalo Sabres at all. I mean, relatively speaking, <laughs> the Buffalo Sabres are dog shit anyway, but they didn't really lose anything of significance. You, it's not like they have a player on the Vegas Golden Knights who's absolutely murdering it right now. The Sabres survived the last expansion draft, giving up only Will Carrier and, a, I believe, a sixth-round pick, and they gave that up in order to not give up Linus Olmark, which turned out to be pretty good. Great, I think. I think that was the right move and ended up giving them an extra slot because they had a bunch of different guys that they wanted to keep on there. Uh, It would take draft picks and prospects. Draft picks and prospects? I don't know who you would give up. I mean, Will Borgen's already kind of a prospect. He doesn't have a ton of games in the NHL. Uh, Rasmus Asplund, same thing. He doesn't really have a ton of time in the NHL. And I think Tage Thompson in the right system can be a solid top nine forward. Like a good third line winger or who could potentially jump up in the second line. So I I don't know. Asplund has shown that he can score at the NHL level. Thompson has shown that he can score at the NHL level. Will Borgen has showed that he can play at the NHL level. Was looking pretty good for the Buffalo Sabres before they you know, before he ended up getting hurt also. So I think, I think realistically, I would be trying to get the Seattle Kraken to take either Colin Miller or Zemgis Gergensens. Now, I think for them to take Gergensens, it would be a fourth-round draft pick, in my opinion. Maybe a fourth fourth-round draft pick, and for Colin Miller, it would probably be like a third or a second now, if you're willing to give that up, great. I probably would be in order to keep some of the younger guys here to keep guys like Thompson and Asplund. Um, the only reason, here's the thing. The only reason why I said to protect Anders Bjork is because if you don't protect Anders Bjork, then you essentially traded away Taylor Hall for nothing because you're just going to give Anders Bjork to the Seattle Kraken and I don't think the Sabres are going to just give him away. They seemingly, the, the management seemingly really liked Bjork. And I think that they are going to end up protecting him. And again, that's going to leave Thompson, Asplund, and, and Borgen. Um, it's going to leave these guys unprotected. Now, a lot of people online are saying, oh, just give him a fifth-round pick and make him take a poso. <laughs> I don't fucking think that's going to happen. I don't think anybody wants a poso. Um... Nice guy, but he, he actually was playing pretty good until he got hurt. Um, I think, yeah, last season he was playing fairly well. He was on like a four-game point streak or something like that. I think I went back and watched some of my videos. He's like a four-game point streak before he got hurt. Um, but he's just, he's old, he's slow, and I don't think he'll fit in well with, with what the Buffalo Sabres want to do moving forward. They look like they want to play with pace. They look like they want to uh, play with speed. And they got to, if they want to do that, they got to get rid of guys like Ocposo. They got to get rid of guys, um, you know, realistically, got to get rid of guys like, you know, maybe Ristolainen. You got to get rid of guys like Colin Miller, uh, Cody Eakin. You got to get rid of these guys one way or another, whether it's expansion draft, whether it's trading them, whether it's buying them out. I don't know. But I don't know. That's the expansion draft is going to be interesting. And I think that um, it's going to play 
So it's going to have some pretty big implications moving forward for the Buffalo Sabres. Again, uh, I would probably protect, and only because you have to, Jack Eichel, because you're not going to expose him and give him away for nothing. Same thing with Sam Reinhart. You have to, I believe you have to not expose Kyle Oposo or Jeff Skinner. I wouldn't be opposed to doing that with Jeff Skinner. However, he has a full no-trade clause in his contract, and hopefully Don Granado can get more out of him this upcoming season with a more uh, aggressive style of play. He's an offensive player who's going to, of course, you know, you want him to score goals. He's not really going to do much for you offensively or defensively. So if he's not scoring goals, if he's not in on the offense, he's kind of useless. And I protected Victor Olofsson just because he has shown that he can do it without Jack Eichel. He actually showed, I thought he played pretty well last season. Um, with Jeff or with uh, with Sam Reinhart, Casey Middlestad, I you have to protect him. I know he's an, an RFA, but you got to protect him. The kid looked absolutely fantastic last year. I thought even under uh, Ralph Kruger, he looked pretty good, and then he just took off under Don Granado. And uh, I think he's going to be the. I think this season he's finally going to be the player that we all believed he would be when he got drafted. When you watched him at the World Junior Championships, uh, and Anders Bjork. Uh, he's like a top nine player. I think he's going to score like 30 points this season if he's with the Buffalo Sabres, which you need depth. You need guys that are going to be able to play on that second power play unit. You need guys that are going to chip in offensively when you're, you know, your big guns aren't out there scoring goals. And that's something that the Buffalo Sabres have not had uh, in a very long time. And that's something that I think that is going to help them actually moving forward. We've seen with the Montreal Canadiens, if the Buffalo Sabres want to do a more like by committee type down the center. We've seen that it can work. However, you have to have good goaltending. The Montreal Canadiens have Carey Price. The Buffalo Sabres have fucking no one. So I don't really know. It's just, it's such an interesting off season for the Buffalo Sabres. I really, really don't know where it's going to go. I don't know what Kevin Adams is going to do. The next couple weeks is going to be super fun. It's going to be super interesting. Maybe I will do another live stream when it comes to the NHL draft or the expansion draft, or maybe uh, afterwards I'll do a live stream for a you know a, a reaction to uh, all of the things that are going on with the Buffalo Sabers and whatnot. Again, I would love to do more live streams coming up. I did have some technical difficulties, as you could probably see in the comments on the side there. Houston, we have a problem right here. Uh, We had this going on earlier um, where I lost the feed for a second. Uh, Hopefully, everyone could still hear me, but, um, you know, it was fun. It's interesting. I like using this. This It's the first time I've ever ever used... uh, Where am I? Right here. It's the first time I've ever used StreamYard, obviously, and I'm obviously using the free version right now. (laughs) <laughs> if this show gets any bigger, if you guys like and subscribe to the page, of course, I will 100% um, keep doing more live streams. I actually kind of like this. It's actually kind of fun to see who's watching in real time up over this way. Four people watching me right now. I'm sure two of them are my friends, but uh, <laughs> it is fun to do the live streams. And if you guys want to um, go ahead, click that like and subscribe button. Tell your friends, um, again, I'm going to do more of these. You know, I might try to live stream from uh, different locations. I might have, I'm going to try to have some guests on. I'm going to try to get, you know, the coach of the UB Bulls on here. I'm going to try to, I actually already reached out. I got the former coach of the UB Bulls uh, football team uh, most likely coming on here 
with me in the near future. Uh, I was talking to him. Fantastic. So I got a lot of stuff coming up for you guys. Again, thank you all for watching. I had a fantastic time. I went and talked. I talked whoever was listening. I talked all their ears off. This is now 47 minutes, 47 and a half minutes that I've been sitting here rambling on to you guys. Thank you guys for uh, joining me with this. Thank you to my buddy Mark for all the comments, jumping in, uh, giving me some, um, some material to use here to keep on talking to you guys. Thank you again, and I hope you all have a fantastic week. Ooh.